And when I looked closer, there was a, a Sasquatch face on the other side, and uh, it was looking right back in at us. Staring back at me is a silhouette of a very, very giant monkey. An intriguing discovery is being investigated in a community east of Seattle. Someone came across a lengthy trail of extremely large footprints. They are up there. Welcome, everyone. You've tuned into the Nicola Valley Bigfoot Podcast, a place where your encounters are told. To share your encounter and to be on the show, email me at nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Haley, and I live in the northwest area of Montana. On February 21st, um, at approximately 10 o'clock at night, it might have been just a little bit earlier, but I had my outside light on. My son, my husband, and my son's girlfriend and I were all sitting in the living room watching a movie. <clears throat> and we had just that day uh, bought a new washing and dryer. And the dryer, the old dryer was sitting in on that back patio. And as I'm talking to my son, I see this big black thing about a foot and a half over the dryer. So I just kind of interjected in the conversation and said, oh, my God, what is that? Because I thought it was a bear. And as myself and my son stood up to run to the sliding glass door, it stood up and it was every bit of seven and a half foot tall and probably 400 to 450 pounds. It was definitely a Bigfoot. It, we scared it, <clears throat> it scared us. It turned, it like pivoted, it took one step and then the next step, it was over my fence without even jumping. The fence is approximately 40 inches high and it stepped over it like it was a garden fence. <clears throat> Myself, my husband, and my son immediately turned and grabbed our coats <clears throat> and went out the door with flashlights looking. And I could see on the frosted ground where it had stepped over the fence, its foot slid a little bit, and then it stepped two or three steps down the hill right, right behind our house. And then I was certain, because I lost the footprints at that point, that it cut back up to the north and I was pretty sure it was going to flank us. And so we walked around for a few minutes and I didn't see anything. None of us really heard anything, but everything was really still. We came back in the house and it was about 11 o'clock, um, maybe slightly before. And I posted on Facebook. Um, we also called the cops just in case, you know, I had not saw what I saw. <clears throat> and um, the cops came up. And I posted on Facebook, hey, I just had this happen at such and such an area. And within five minutes, I had nearly 80 comments. And um, this one guy commented and said, hey, I'm a professional tracker. I live only a few miles from you. I'd like to come up. And he came up. Um, he was here within minutes. And he went outside with my husband and my son. And tracked it and it did go down the hill and then it cut over to the north 
um, and he lost it in the trees about maybe a football field from my house. And you can't you can't go over that fence line anyways, but it, it that's where we lost the tracks. And he wouldn't verify for me what he thought it was. He just said that it definitely wasn't a bear and it wasn't a cat and that whatever it was was bipedal. And although it was large, it was much later on its feet than he expected. And he left. In the meantime, my Facebook was blowing up. I was getting messages from local ranchers in the area who said that this, this has been an ongoing thing for many, many years. Um, one woman that wrote me, <clears throat> she's about eight miles from me. She said that they have had these visitors, as they call them, um, since she was a young girl and she's 76. So this isn't anything new. It's just that people don't really report it. We all came in the house, you know, because of the excitement, we were calming down and it was just before midnight. And I hear this whack on the side of the house. And it was so loud. Um, it was in my bedroom area that it echoed. And my son and I didn't even say a word. We just jumped up and we were out the door. And I went to the side of the house and I couldn't see any footprints. And so we came right back in because it was really cold. And we go to bed just, it was probably 1230, one o'clock when we went to bed. And my husband and I are sleeping <clears throat> and we heard what sounded like a hand go down the side of the house from one, one end um, near my bedroom window all the way to the other end by the closet. And I just kind of stiffened. And then we heard this growl. That's the only way to, it was like a growl slash howl. It was very guttural. It was deep. Um, it petrified me. I'm an avid hunter. I can track anything. Um, I know my animals in the woods and that was nothing I have ever heard anywhere. Yeah. I, but I, actually... I laid there and my husband, I just kind of tapped my husband's leg and I said, did you hear that? And he said, yeah. And I said, are you going out? And he's like, no way. So we just laid there. Then it sounded like it was rustling the trees above my bedroom window. And I'm certain that it jumped on the back of my avalanche on the tonneau cover. And <clears throat> I just, I stayed calm. I didn't, you know, cause you don't know how excellent their hearing is or not. So I was just trying to stay calm and everything stopped. The wall slap stopped. Um, the noises stopped about 5.30 in the morning. And I got up at 20 after six and I went out and I could see broken branches up in the tree, um, but I found no more footprints. But I did, however, go out and measure the one really great footprint that went over the fence and it was 15 and a half inches long and almost six inches wide. Wow. And so then, you know, we, we were kind of paying attention to um, things up here on the ranch. It's not a working ranch, it's, it was abandoned for many years. And so we're the first people to live here in seven years. And over the course of the next three weeks, they visit us often. Um, I set up a gifting station. Anything that you put out there that is shiny blue is gone within a night. <clears throat> we got returned with um, stones and a shell that I have no idea where it came from. Um, we had wall slaps and grunts and wood knots for a very long time. 
uh, I was actually lucky enough to get a hold of Bobo Fay, and he came up and spent four days and three nights with us. And um, he explored every night. And in walking around with him, we found three more sets of prints that were different sizes. And he feels that we have a family that follows the elk herd um, that migrates throughout um, an area of Canada and into Montana. And he's like, he literally, we didn't have hardly any activity. We had a couple wood knocks and some hoots, as he called it. Um, but we didn't have any actual visual sightings or anything when he was here. But he, the largest footprint we found was 22 and a half inches long. And it was nearly, it was like seven and three quarter inches wide. So it was nearly eight inches. Then we have the 15 and a half inch print. And then we had a 13 and a half inch print and a, 19, a nine and a half inch print. And he said that he feels that the, the ones that were making the noises and slapping the house were definitely adolescents, that an alpha male would just tear through your house. And the females don't usually like to bother humans. Um, so it was really, it was quite an adventure for the spring. And as soon as the elk herd moved up high and they weren't here anymore, everything went away. Only just recently in the last two months, since the elk have been coming down, we've had a couple wall slaps and um, something scared the living daylights out of my horse and my dogs refused to go outside, but I didn't see anything. Uh, we did have one night um, in between there. I, I feel like it was very early August. Uh, my husband thought somebody was on the property. And so he went and I told him, take a gun and a flashlight, but he ran out the door in the dark and when he got um, over the knoll towards our barn, he heard something really big, two-footed um, in front of him. He doesn't know if he was walking on up on it or if it just turned and ran. Um, but whatever it was, it ended up running down by our barn behind our horse trailer. And he could see it over the top of the horse trailer, the black head. But it hit the edge of the barn and broke the glass out of the top top floor of the barn. So um, that's our adventure. That's that's what's been going on up here in Montana. And I have many neighbors that say that they have, have seen them, that they've had um, animals on the ranches, the local ranches disappear, and they just know that it's one of our visiting neighbors. How long have you got, were you guys living there before all this stuff kind of started happening? Like, was it a couple of weeks, <clears throat> a couple of months? or? Um, it was just about... We'd been here probably about 45 days. Oh, okay. So you were just newly, newly into this. Yeah, we were, we were newly in here. And, and I would say that we really hadn't been staying here that long, but we were up here every day because we were fixing the house so that it was livable. And in all actuality, we were probably here two, maybe three weeks of that 45 days. And what did you, what did you think about? Bigfoot before all this happened? Like, were you a believer in, in it or, or did you even really care um, about it? Or, or what, what was your no, thought I've, about it? I've always been a believer. Um, I grew up in upstate New York and in the woods, um, like on a farm. And uh, I've always believed there's something out there. And I had my first, first experience, my first sighting was actually in Montana. Um, it was just south of Kalispell, southeast of Kalispell a little ways. And um, I lived in this house that was way up in the mountains over the snow line. 
So it was very remote. And I came out one night, my husband and my son were fixing uh, my son's truck. And my husband was under the truck and my son was getting tools. But I came out and I was absolutely certain that I saw um, something laying on the ground watching them on the bank, like just peeking its head over. And so as I was talking to my husband, I just kind of nonchalantly said, you realize there's an adolescent Bigfoot laying right there in the grass watching you. And he goes, yep, it's been there about 45 minutes. It hasn't moved. And it was about 20 minutes later, my son, like I didn't say anything to him because I knew that he would, you know, be a teenager and freak and scare it. Well, he noticed it and he tried to walk towards it. And it was little, um, it was probably only five and a half, maybe six foot tall. So about as big as me. And it jumped up, it looked back and it ran and it made it down my driveway so fast that I wasn't even a third of the way when it was crossing the road and going up the bank. And that particular day I was like, that was absolute proof to me that they exist. I wasn't scared or anything like that. And about six weeks later, um, I was getting up for work one morning, it was 3.30 in the morning. And um, I walked out the door of my bedroom to my Jeep, which was about 10 foot away. And I hesitated because it was too quiet. Like even at 3.30 in the morning, up where I live, you know, when it's springtime, yeah, you can hear the, hear the birds, the squirrels, there's always a forest noise. And it was absolutely dead silent. You could have literally heard a pin drop. <clears throat> And I, um, I got almost to the car and I heard this roar and I froze. I had got goosebumps. My hair stood up and it, it wasn't like I was scared. It was like, holy crap, what is that? You know? And I was peering, I was looking down cause I'm in, I was in between two lakes, two private lakes and I'm looking cause I could tell where it came from. And all of a sudden there's one to my, that was to my left. And then there's one to my right and it answers. And I thought it was running down the driveway. And I think that maybe because I clicked the, the button on my Jeep that I, I scared it. Like I interrupted them from meeting and it, it hopped off my driveway and ran down that same trail that the adolescent one had ran down. And then the big one down at the lake called one more time. And I was trying really hard to see what was passing me on like below the bank, but I couldn't, it was just too dark. And I got in the Jeep, I started the Jeep and I ran back in the house and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just saw, you know, I heard a Bigfoot. I know that they're out there. And I got ready, like I was ready and I was leaving for work about 10 after four. And as I was backing my Jeep out the driveway, which is straight, I got pelted with about 60 pine cones in five seconds. Oh boy. I mean, it was just like ping, 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 ping. And, and it was maybe, I wasn't even a car length back from the edge of my house when they did it. And I was just like, I didn't stop or anything. I didn't jump. I just kept backing up slowly, like nothing happened. And when my son and I came home that afternoon at two o'clock, um, I had told him what happened and I was like, Hey bud, stop and, you know, get the mail out of the mailbox. And he was reaching in the mailbox. And all of a sudden he looks down and I saw his face just turn white and his mouth kind of dropped. And he's like, mom, come here. 
And so I got out and I walked over and here's this perfect footprint in the soft um, dirt. Like there was a little bit of stones, but it was mostly dirt on the edge of the driveway in front of the mailbox. It looked like it had crossed one foot over the other to step on that trail. It was 10 and a half inches long and four and seven eighths inches wide. And um, I took a ton of pictures. We tracked it all the way down to the lake. You could see most of the footprints. And then in the lake, there were footprints that were huge and then those footprints. And um, I called the uh, Montana Bigfoot Research Organization that afternoon. And they told me to put plastic over that one really good print and take some videos. So I did, um, but they never came up to plaster that print. Oh, no. And it's a real shame because it was perfect. You could even see um, like how we have fingerprints and toe prints, you could see the lines in the ball of the foot, not the toes or the heel, but the ball of the foot had creases in it. And it, I mean, it was just absolutely perfect. And, you know, those two were my first run-ins, so to speak. Um, but I never expected to have them visit my house as often as they do up here. Yeah. And but, but before we get into came, that, sorry, Haley, I don't mean to cut you off, but before we get into that, I really want to just take a step back for a second. I want to ask you about the, the police report that you, or the police, the time you called the police. Now, was there a police report made? Um, yes. And, 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 and what did, what did the police, the, the, um, officer say to you that night? Um, the one officer, there were two of them. And one was an older fellow and one was a younger guy who was new, um, like literally had just started on the force within the month. And when I started telling the story, the older guy got a really funny look on his face and, you know, put his hands on his belt and he just kind of stepped back and he didn't say too much. But the younger guy was asking me all kinds of questions and I gave him the description and I said, look, that was not a person. And it sure as heck wasn't a bear. And I said, but there's something out there. And this was just a few days after we had some guy come across the lake in a canoe, like broke over the border in a canoe. And and it was a big stir. We had um, ice up here, like Border Patrol and ICE agents all over the properties up here. And um, needless to say, the guy, like he went out in the field. I showed him the prints and like he was astonished. And he was like, you know, we're going to go down to the barn and make sure there's nothing in the barn and that there's nothing at your neighbor's house because you know, they don't live here. They just vacation here. And he went down and checked it out and came back up. And he was like, we, we didn't see anything. He goes, but I'm not going to stand here and tell you blindly. You didn't see anything. He goes, but I didn't see it. He said, so the only thing I can put in the report is, you know, what you reported and that we found no evidence other than footprints. Oh, okay. And I, like, I, I merely just thanked him, but the older guy was, his actions were more like, oh, another one versus this guy was in, you know, the younger guy was interested in hearing the story and checking it out. And the older guy just like, I can't really even read um, his reaction because he just immediately stepped back, like stepped out of it. But it was definitely a look like I've heard this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you mentioned that your neighbors had, had been telling you that this had been going on for a long time. 
Um, very long time. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and were there any other police reports made from your neighbors or anybody like that? Did you fi ever find out anything? Not like that? that I know of. Um, that one lady, I've, I've actually talked to her many times. We, we converse on Facebook now. And um, she was, she's told me stories of things that have happened. And she said she's only heard of one being aggressive once. And that was in like 1957 or something. And she didn't like she didn't remember the whole story she just remembered that um they were throwing stones and logs at the cabin where these hunters were Ooh. and she thinks that she was like i feel like maybe they hurt one of them and didn't realize it and that they were retaliating and i was like well we'll never know you know it could be anything um but she said that they will have chickens missing cats dogs um occasionally a calf she said it's it's rarely a calf, but it is. It does happen on occasion where they lose a calf, and there's just no sign of it anywhere. Hmm. So they, you know, then they realize that it was definitely taken. Yeah, yeah, that that, that makes sense. And are are these like incidents? Are they still happening? Like even to this day? Like like as your neighbors ever said? Oh yeah. Um, actually, yeah. Two nights ago, um, or three nights ago, I just had a friend who pulled their camper up, literally like right next to my bedroom, and I was like, oh well, there goes, you know, me getting any any visits and. But the night before she came, I had I had a, a wall slap right next to my bedroom window. And I was just like, hello, you know, because after a while you get used to it. It doesn't scare you anymore. Um, but it was just one wall slap. And when I went to the front door, it was just still. It was very quiet and very still. It was probably 1030 at night. And there was no no motion, no noise, no nothing. And that's usually a sign that they're around because everything shuts up. Is that a common a common occurrence? Like, is it every night or is it every other night or how often? Are... Um, it, well, I wasn't home for almost three months because I was very, very ill and I was in the hospital. And I've only been back about 10 days. But I know that it happened twice um, while I was in a coma. Uh, my husband had, like, when I came to, he was like, yeah we had visitors again and I was like oh my god you know what did they do and and he was like it he goes it was just wall slaps and he goes and I I think maybe one of them threw a stone um so it's it like I said it's nothing aggressive I think they're just wanting um a reaction they want to see what we do um and the first time you know they got that they got a reaction and then as we got used to it, there's less and less reaction. So I think we've taken the fun away from it for them. Oh, <laughs> that's one way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're you're feeling better. And you're not in the hospital anymore. Um, no, it was it was a long, arduous battle. I I got COVID and then COVID pneumonia, and I went delirious, and it put me in a coma. And so I I did 13 weeks between two hospitals, and you know when you when you feel like you fell asleep and you woke up and you just lost two and a half months of your life. It's rather hard. Yeah. I, I can't even yeah. pretend to, to understand. Yeah. I, I haven't gone through anything like that, but I'm really, really glad that you're okay. I mean, this COVID has really taken its toll on everybody and, you know, especially the people who, who, who get hospitalized from it. So I'm, I'm really, I'm glad you're okay. I, I come from a family of, of nurses and, and medical professionals and I, I understand the importance of, of yeah, you, you get know, it. Yeah. Um, absolutely I, we did we did have another visitor here when bobo fay came yeah um, you know what i was going to get into that i wanted to ask you about that so yeah please by all means please please share away. um 
his name is Michael. Uh, he commented on my Facebook post. Um, he came up for he came up for two days with his wife and kids before Bobo got here, and then um, the week that Bobo came, he came up for another two nights by himself, and um, he he had a FLIR camera, and then he had um, a recording device that was better than a phone, and he recorded wood knocks and. Um, I wouldn't call it a howl, like they were noises, more like a bionic bird, I guess they call it. And Bobo was like, yeah, that's definitely, they're talking to each other. He said, that's definitely communication between who you've got up here or what you've got up here. And, um, you know, he, he got some really good, he, he would bat one of my trees with this two by four and within two to three minutes, we would get a reply from the north. And when I explained to Bobo, I think that they come down, they head south from the northern area and they walk the long way around the property to come up beside my house. And I, I actually think that on the western side of my house, they, they see the colors on the TV through the window. And I think that that night that it was on my back patio, I think that it had stepped over, it had saw the colors and stepped over the fence to look and it just got too close and that's when I seen it because, you know, huge TV, big windows, they see that kind of thing and ooh, you know, ooh, shiny kind of thing. Yeah. But um, Michael, Michael did a lot of investigation. We found a lot of footprints, um, mostly from the 15 and a half inch um, animal and uh Bobo and Michael both told me that for the size of the prints, if you divide that by two and then add one or two, like like if it's 15 and a half inches, it's probably seven and a half to eight foot tall. And that was exactly what I saw. It was easily seven and a half feet. And so like for the, the nine inch one, they said it's probably just about five foot tall. And that makes total sense to me because, you know, they're they're still growing and whatnot. Yeah. Um. But both of them said that we definitely had visitors here. I, I absolutely agree with them. I, I do believe that you have like a, a rather large conglomerate of Sasquatch in your area. Like, <clears throat> was there any indication before you moved in, like like that? You know, you know what? Maybe some of the neighbors said, you know, there there's some strange things going on over there. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe maybe you guys shouldn't be moving in there. Um. No. Nothing nothing at all and um in fact we're surrounded by <clears throat> by two neighbors that are ranchers and they're they're old fellas you know they're they're not spring chickens they're um i'm 56 and they're quite a bit older than me and we told one and he got this really funny look on his face and he just he shook his head he said i believe you and that was all he said but when we mentioned it to the other one that is to the west um he was like, oh, yeah, he says, they've been coming around for years. And he said, I 100% believe you. And then he started telling me a couple stories, and I was just like, wow. And I said, so this really is a thing. And and he said, honey, you're in the North Country. You have to expect it. Yeah. And But, like, he wasn't the least bit surprised. Um, The other guy was a little bit surprised. But, you know, the, the second rancher, he just, it was like he was just taking it in stride. It's kind of funny how that happens, right? I mean, there's an area not too too far from where I live. It's called Harrison Hot Springs, and um, it's 
very, very, very well known for its Sasquatch activity. And, and for the most part, a lot of the locals who, who come in contact with, with these creatures really don't pay it too much mind. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just something that they learn to live with and it, they learn to. Yeah. You got to share. Yeah. You just have a symbiotic, symbiotic relationship and they don't bother them and they don't bother us. And that's how it goes. And, and people just don't see, you know, the, the fascination. I, I did notice um, in walking my property, cause it's, it's almost 20 acres and I have a couple really good ravines, um, you know, some really good hiding spots for them. But like, um, as a hunter, when you see um, carcasses out in the wild, if it's coyotes or wolves or even bears, it's torn apart. It's never whole. And I have two complete elk carcasses down in one of the ravines. Um, one of them is, I would say it was probably killed last year just before we moved in. And then the other one is really old. Um, the bones are really old and dry, but they're complete. You know, it's like whatever killed it, it dropped right there and they, and they, they like cleaned it. I mean, there, there's no sign of, of the birds had been there. Um, there's no like pulled off pieces of skin. There's just nothing. There's no skin. There's nothing. Hmm. And I saw no, no sign of, you know, bobcat or, you know, cougar tracks there's no wolf tracks there's no coyote tracks um there's no tracks at all it's just like it was laid there like a meal and they just ate it to the bone well that would make sense and have you guys ever considered like maybe perhaps moving or, or getting away from from that area or is it is that home no i i this is home i love it up here and i really as long as they don't eat my dog or kill my horse i have no problem sharing because they were probably here long before we were yeah. and they're just i'm 100 percent sure that they really do migrate with the elk you know we have a fairly large elk herd that crosses um the lower corner of my property and i think that they move with the elk herd you know they come down in the winter and yeah. they go up high in the summer and you know they know where all the water sources are and i just ha i don't have any problem sharing i literally sometimes go out at night you know, and like I went out last week when I first got home, I just stepped outside and to look at the auroras and um, it was quiet. And I was like, I just said out loud, I said, please don't kill my dog or my horse. <laughs> and, you know, like <laughs> I always just kind of put that out there so that they know I know they're there, but please don't kill my dog or my horse. <laughs> well, I, I think they kind of they probably understand that, too. I, I mean, there's got to be some kind of, you know relationship built between you know yourself and, and them whether you like it or not there is a a bond between the two of you so i'm pretty fairly certain that they probably understand that you know what's off limits to them and you know what's what's off limits to you as well so there, there has to be some kind of relationship there so I, I, I would you consider yourself pretty fortunate that you have these creatures on your property i do i i don't feel like it's a curse i feel like it's a blessing because not everybody gets the chance to see them and or hear them and I have several times yeah so I feel like um it's for a reason I might not know what it is but I'm okay with it yeah I mean it's got to be a little weird at first to try to process you know what exactly is happening because you know you move into this property and all of a sudden you know there are these things you know it pops up behind from your thrown out uh dryer 
And, and, I'm telling you, if you'd have seen my face, I like I literally was like, oh my god, what? And as I said, what? That's when it stood all the way up, and my son was standing up, and he, like he looked, and his eyes bugged out, and he looked at me, and I was already moving. I only had to make like six steps to get to the door, and it was already like moving, but to see it step over that fence. It didn't, there was no hop, no jump. It just walked over it. I was floored at, at the size of it, like the mass. It, it just, you know, they're, they're humanoid-like, but um, their arms are much longer. The way that their knees and their, like the mechanics of their feet and their knees and their legs is very different. And once you've seen one move, you you like you can tell the difference once you've seen a real one as opposed to somebody in a suit and like i think of that all the time now i'm i'm just like you know you see these pictures on facebook and people are like do you think this is real and you know there was one just yesterday and and i just typed nope there's a wrinkle in the crotch you know the hands aren't long enough blah 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 and michael commented right under me and he's like what she said um but you just you get so that you're familiar with how they are um you're familiar you know the signs when they're around it, it just isn't normal when everything is just quiet yeah and it's not a peaceful quiet it's like you can feel the tension yeah, in the air yeah i i definitely know that feeling <laughs> all too well <laughs> well while you're disc- on the description thing, is there anything else that stood out to you uh, about this one that was hiding behind? Basically, well, let's start here. What do you think it was doing? Was it spying I think it on was, you? It was, I think it was spying on us. I, I really think, I can't remember what we were watching. I just remember that it was really colorful. Yeah. And I think that because we actually had the curtain to the sliding glass door open, that it was intrigued. And it was just just spying i you know i really don't think it meant any harm i think i scared the crap out of it when i i stood up because i like yelled and stood up at the same time um but like i saw its face really clear i'm not an artist so i can't draw it but i could describe it to someone very easily it was more more like a very dark human like the face there wasn't much hair on the face but it came over onto the cheeks and then down to the like down to the bottom of the lips but above the top lip the nose the the height of the cheekbones like the um what's the word i'm looking for like right at the round part of the cheekbones and the eyes and a little bit of the forehead were very clear they were just a dark brown not black but a dark brown um it had oh wow like um Like if you hold maple syrup up to the light, but the dark maple syrup, that was the color of its eyes. Um, it did have whites. There were like when it when it like looked and its eyes darted, you could see the whites of its eyes on the inside. I didn't notice it on the outside. Um, but it, it had expression. Um, it didn't have eyebrows, but it had like uh, like it protruded there where the eyebrows would be a little bit. Um, do, do you kind of mean like I don't a, want to look, I'm sorry but but do you mean like kind of like a caveman you know how a caveman had a, a, yes, a big brow yes okay, okay. like a Cro-Magnon man there you go okay. um, it wasn't huge 
it was just enough that I noticed it. Um, and the skin looked uh, thick. But I don't want to say it looked like a gorilla because it didn't. It, like, actually had, like, a nose, not like the flat, like a gorilla where it's flat with the two big holes. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like that at all. Um, it was kind of kind of more like a, a a very dark brown caveman with a super hairy face and a hairy body. Um, I could see the one it's would have been its left hand. The fingers were really long and the fingernails were um, they looked not sharp like a claw, but uh, they were quite long and they had a curve to them a little bit. I only saw three fingers though. Um, but it just like, it's very detailed in my mind. It's like, like I took a snapshot almost of uh, the hair was about, I'd say four to four and a half inches long, except for, uh, like the, the bottom part of the arm from the elbow to the armpit and, uh, like it's legs. It seemed like the hair was just a little bit longer. But I I honestly couldn't tell because that was literally it's like six seconds that's completely stuck in my head and it just plays over and over when I think about it. Yeah. But it just seemed like the hair there was a it was either not as thick so it seemed longer or it was actually longer. Yeah, I've never heard anyone describe them with with brown eyes. That that that's fascinating. I've I've never heard of a description of Sasquatch at all. Actually, now that I think about it, with brown eyes, it's always been you know big black you know frying pan type looking eyes so that's fascinating too wow wow that is no it, its eyes its eyes darted like it looked at me because i was standing up and then it's its eyes just darted to the left for a second and i literally was like oh my god it has whites in its eyes because i thought they were always just like black yeah but i could actually see that it was it was like a really deep amber um but I mean, it, it was, it was once it, once it looked for its escape route, it was gone. And so now after you, you've spotted him and he's, he basically bolted to get away from you. Now that night comes around and all of a sudden now you're getting all this activity. You're getting house slaps, you're getting whoops and, 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 and screams and everything else. Why do you think it was that night in particular that they decided, okay, you know what, let's make ourselves known to these people. What do you think the process from, from their point of view would be that, you know, we, we can make ourselves, we can approach these people. What do, what do you think happened there? Um, I don't, I don't think anything happened other than that. I saw it. Like I saw the one and I think that it was just like, Oh, Hey, I scared her and she scared me and I got a reaction from them. And, you know, like a mischievous kid kind of thing. Uh -huh. And I, I really, I think that that night when the growl, when we heard the growl, and I think the wall slaps, because there was quite a few of them once we got to bed. I think that it was two of them. Um, Because when you hear something up in the tree, and then you think that it jumps on your truck, but your house is still getting slapped, there's two of them. Because my truck was like, five feet from the edge of the house there's no way that it could have stood on the truck been wiggling the branches and hit the house at the same time yeah. it would have been physically impossible unless it was like hanging by its toes 
you know, like up in the tree hanging by its toes with one hand on the, the truck. And, you know, I just don't see that happening. I really think that there was two that night. And I think they were probably the younger ones. And they were like, oh, hey, look what we did. And, you know, it. I, you don't know. You really don't know. But, like, there was nothing that day. It was my son's birthday. He was home from the Air Force. Um, <clears throat> we were in Kalispell most of the day and um, went out to dinner. And we came back and, like, we were just quiet. We fed the horses and we came in the house and that was it. Um, it was just really sad that there was no snow because if there had been snow, I know I would have had a ton of tracks. In fact, I was so certain that they would be back. This is kind of funny. Um, Michael laughed at me for it, but I went out and I, I took a 20 pound bag of flour and I sprinkled it all over the ground around the back of the dog fence and all along the side of the house, about five foot wide. And do you think that I could pick up one track? from the next two visits not one nothing oh, nothing <laughs> i was so they upset knew. i was like oh man i wasted all that flour because that was all i could think of yeah they, they, i think they knew what you were up to <laughs> yeah probably yeah yeah i'm fairly certain that they knew what you were up to and they were probably watching you at some point too i mean have you guys made any adjustments in your life to kind of deal with them so to speak i mean did you put lights up did you put cameras out anything like um, that um we put a we put we put a trail cam up and the one time we thought we had something it was literally just the lower right hand corner of the picture um and then the camera was moved oh man and mike was just like you know he said they hear the frequency he said i don't know how to explain it but everything has a frequency and he said they hear it and they know how to avoid it yeah. And I was like, oh, I, you know, we just we decided to just accept it. Like I said, as long as they don't kill my dog or my horse, they can roam around as much as they want. I've actually heard that as well, that they 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 can see frequencies and they can see different spectrums of, of the of color the rather than we can. And they have a very, very keen sense of smell. So, I mean, like even if you uh, put a, a cam out and hide it really well you're still leaving your scent on it in some form or fashion and they can pick it up so that's why trail cams i, I really don't believe they do any good against or, or trying to get evidence for a bigfoot with them because I, I just think they know what they are and they can smell them they can see them they can they, yep. they're and, useless and against yeah if you watch some of those videos they bash them they know where they're at you might see a hand or something come over the camera and then they're done they're toast because they rip them off or throw them down or knock them over. And it, you know, you just lost a couple hundred bucks worth of your hard earned money because it already knew that it was there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well let me ask you this question, Haley, before we, before we wrap this up though. And I, I like to ask all my guests this question and you can answer it however you want though. Is, has your encounter changed you in any way? Has, you know, these creatures living on your property, has it changed your, your life much? Um, not my life, but my, like when I go hunting, I pay way more attention to my surroundings. Um, like I've, I've always been dedicated. Like I love to hunt. I re like, and I like the hunt, not so much the kill, but the tracking, you know, using your knowledge to, to try to better a beast type of thing. Um, it's almost primal for me. I like, it's intense. It's a very intense thing for me. And I realized after after 
probably the third visit from them that, hey, you know, when I'm out in the woods, I'm so concentrated on what I'm tracking or what I'm looking for that I forget to look around me. And so now I'm I'm a lot more conscious of my outdoor surroundings because um, I'm very conscious of indoor surroundings. When I walk in a restaurant, the first thing I do are, is where are the exits. Um, I'm military trained, so I always sit with my back to the wall. I people count, you know, and, and it's not like I'm paranoid. It's just that's how I was trained. But when I realized that I don't do the same thing in, in the outdoors, that changed. Um, and I pay attention to, like we were out in a swimming pool once this summer, and all of a sudden the birds just stopped. And my husband was in the pool with me, and like I just kind of like looked and cocked my head, and he goes, what? And I said, I think that we have a daylight visitor. I didn't know where it was, but when the crickets stopped making noise and everything is quiet in the middle of the day, something's there. Yeah. And like I literally told him, I said, I really think that they're in that north section by the ravine where all the trees are and that they watch us. And I said, we just put the pool up three days ago. So it's something new. They're curious. Oh. And he was like, well, maybe, you know, they'll go swimming. But <laughs> I realized that I had to pay much more attention to my my outdoor surroundings because I've always thought of, you know, when you're in the forest, you're free, you know, you and and we're really not because you never know what's out there watching you. Yep, I agree 100%. While you're on the subject, though, have you and your husband ever, since you both hunt, are avid hunters, have you guys ever gone out into the woods and looked for, for more evidence or, or for maybe their homestead, so to speak, or, or, or just um, were they bad for the I night? I have. And have you ever come um, up with anything? And it wasn't, it wasn't after, after these visitors. It was after the experience I had at my old house. Um, my son and I went looking and the only thing that we found was probably a mile and a half further down the, the other side of the mountain. We found some of the trees that had been put in like a teepee style, but they were broken. It wasn't like they were cut or that they had died and fallen. They were broken and put in, there was, I think there was seven, seven pieces of trees. Um, and you could see where something had matted down. And my son was like, do you think that was an elk? And I was like, what elk do you know that breaks trees? And he was <laughs> like, well, I was just asking. Um, but I've never really seen any sign. Um, I'm pretty sure that we found uh, when they were here and Bobo, when Bobo was on his way here, he was like, I need you to do this, this and this and gave me a list of stuff. I'm pretty sure that we found a pile of poop and I put a, I put a um, can over it. And of course, when he got here, it was pretty old, but he was like, what did it look like? And I said, well, it looked like peanut butter ice cream. And he goes, yeah, he said, that was probably a Sasquatch. And he said that most of the time when you see Sasquatch poop, it's not like berries and hay or, you know, like um, fiber stuff. He said, it's more often than not, you'll It'll be closer to like, um, it'll be like normal poop that looks like soft ice cream, but with maybe some fur or a piece of bone or something in it. He said it's very rare that you see one like a bear, like bear scat usually has berries and, and pieces of 
grass or weeds or or fur in it. Yeah, it, it's um, very. He said that they're very different. Yeah, it, it, bear bear scat is very very distinctive too. I mean, even oh you know, yeah, you know, amateur outdoors people can definitely tell bear bear scat from anything else too. So. Yeah, that that is crazy. You're gonna have to keep in touch and let me know what if there's anything else that goes on on your property. That that that's, you know. Oh, I definitely will. Yeah. I know they're back because the elk are back, and like I said, we've had wall slaps, but you know, nothing exciting yet. Um, I really feel like it'll be more intense in the winter, and the, like the, I don't know why. It's just that I know that that's when they're around. Haley, let me ask you one more question. I know I said we we're going to wrap this up, but I, I forgot to mention this, and I wanted to wanted to get your opinion on it. Now, you got into gifting. What started that? Um, Michael, um, he had seen my post and, like, wrote to me and introduced himself, and he was like, you know, hey, can you, do you have anything you can put out there? And I had this, uh, like, a stretchy bracelet that was fake. It was, like, rhinestones or something cubic zirconia whatever and i said yeah i got a couple shiny things and um on the upper part of my property where it's a little flat and this is kind of creepy there's like like a wood carving up there i think it's an indian with um a blanket wrapped around it and it has one hand hanging down everybody else thinks it's jesus because this property was owned by a church years ago and um i really think it's an it's an indian and uh i went up and i put the bracelet on the other hand that was up in the air and then i um put a couple feathers and this really pretty blue stone and then a pink stone and um you know he told me i can't get up there till saturday so just do this for a couple days and check it all you know check it every day and the first night the blue stone was gone and the second night, which was a Thursday night, um, when I checked it Friday before I went to work, the, the necklace or the bracelet was gone. And I was like, okay, so, you know, that a bird is not going to be able to take a bracelet off of a wooden hand. I could, like the stone to me, you could debunk that and say, well, a bird seen it and a bird, a bird took it. But I really don't think that a bird is going to be able to take a bracelet off you know, like a wooden hand, it would really have to work at it. I looked around like 10 feet around it, didn't see it. And then when I got home that night, it looked like the statue had been um, moved a little bit. So I pulled up in there and it, the statue had been turned. And um, there was a big, uh, like a round, flat, uh, dark colored stone had been set where the blue stone was. So it gifted me back. Do you still and have it? Then when when Michael came up, um, he put a whole bunch of colored stones out in one spot up by the the um statue. But when Bobo came, he picked a spot down in the ravine where there was like a, a stump from an old dead tree. And he he like put poked some feathers down in the stump and he put a couple stones up and he brought this rainbow colored nerf football. And um, there was no wind, there was no storm. He set the football up on there and he was like, you know, I just want to make sure it's not going to like blow off. And so it, he, the way that he said it, um, it was like in a, a corner. I don't know how to explain it. Like they didn't cut the tree flat when they felled the tree. 
there was part that was flat and then there it was like a step and then there was another part that was flat so he put it you know in the in the crease oh okay yeah and the next morning it was about 30 feet away from the from the stump and he was like now when i checked that at three o'clock it was still here Hmm. he said so something moved it he was like whether it was our friends or whatever he said but there was no wind and um he told me he also said that they really like sweetened condensed milk so he brought a can of that and he opened it and set the can there and by god by the time bobo left that can was almost empty of the sweetened condensed milk and i was like wow and you know he was a little disappointed because he wanted to see one or um you know like be here when they visited and they were kind of being buttheads and you know hitting stuff <laughs> and so when he left he was like oh yeah you know i'm really down about this and then as i was walking towards the barn after he left i looked down and not six feet from where he had parked his truck there were two beautiful tracks so i pulled out my measuring tape and i measured it and took a picture and i said how did you miss this i said i think they were looking in the back of your truck at you <laughs> and he was like you're kidding and i said no and i know you're too far gone to turn around and come back and you know make make a copy of these prints and he was like they would have been perfect to plaster so he was a little bit you know down about that but he said that you know if you gift them then they then you start a good friendly rapport with them so that was why we did it oh okay i understand okay yeah that makes sense yeah there, there's some people in the bigfoot community that think gifting is a bad idea but uh you know what if it doesn't cause any problems then i don't see the harm in it so by, i, by I all don't means, think yeah. that i would ever leave them food for the mere fact that then you're conditioning them you know like people feed bears oh. so then the bears expect to be fed um I would never give them food, but I will definitely give them shiny stones and trinkets, um, something that simple. And I don't do it all the time. Um, I don't want them conditioned to expect it. But a gift now and then I think is really good. It keeps their attention. It lets you know that they're around. Um, yeah. And it, I think it keeps things peaceful because they know, hey, they know we're here and they're saying thank you. I had a guest on a few months ago at, at this point, but he had a very interesting idea. He was going to leave a jar of peanut butter out. Now, you know, if any other animal wants to open it, they have to basically rip the, the, the you know, the jar apart to get at it. Whereas Sasquatch, they could use their opposable thumb and quite easily yes. open it. So if you ever wanted to try, maybe give that a whirl, see if that gets emptied out. Yeah, I have lots of peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Haley, thank you so, so much for coming on. That was great. I had a real great time talking with you. Thank you so much for taking the time. To oh, you're very on. welcome. Anytime. Yeah. And you're definitely going to have to keep me in the loop. If you, if you, there's any more activity, if there's any more howls or anything like that, definitely, please let me know. I'd love to hear more. Absolutely. Um, Michael plans on coming up this summer, um, or at least later, I should say in the winter, um, he wants to come up and like camp out to see if we can get them to come out and communicate some way with us uh his his howls um or calls i should say are almost as good as bobo's but i gotta tell you the way that bobo Faye does that call if you're standing next to him you're just like oh my god that is so cool um it's very close to what i heard right outside my window yeah he's got a real knack for that so 
Yeah, I wish I he could does. do it. Yeah. But Haley, thank you again. Uh, I want to say, you know, I know we ha- I was really, really looking forward to this and you did not disappoint. So thank you so much. Wonderful. You have a great night. You too. You too. And for the listeners, if you guys just want to hang around, we're going to close out the show. Stay there. And we're back, everyone. We are back to pull a pin on this one. But before we do that, let's give a huge, huge thank you to Haley for coming on. Uh, I know she was still a little bit under the weather, you know, you know, given her battle with COVID. And, you know, I, I really am grateful that you're you're OK, Haley. So thank you so much for coming on the show. And geez, where do, where do we unpack this one? You know, this is another case of, um, you know, a family moving onto a property being initially shocked by having these creatures on the property and then kind of getting used to it. And I don't know if I could ever get to that point. You know, with my own run-in and my own sighting, I was terrified. You know, I had never felt that level of fear before. And I guess you people, humanity, I guess, get used to this sort of thing happening and it becomes normal. Does that sound right? What do you guys think? Let me know. Um, yeah, if, if you're reading, if you're connected to this on Facebook, you know, mark in the comments though. Like, what, what do you guys think? Can, is this possible to get used to? Because a lot of people, a lot of families, seems to seem to get used to it, and, and some of them don't. Some of them do move. So, I don't want to say these creatures are a hindrance, but you know, I, I can definitely understand why people would think that. But uh, let me know what you guys think about it. Um, and Haley, thank you so much again. And really, I am grateful that you are okay. And I know how badly COVID can kick people's ass. So you came through with flying color. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, let's see. Uh, you know what? We do have a Saturday show for you. And but you know, what? I don't have a preview for you because this is episode number two of our first attempts at podcasting. And so it's like a very poor, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know why I'm doing this to myself, but <laughs> I, you know what? I, I haven't even listened to this since it was released a couple of years back. Uh, I'm going to give it a listen before Saturday though, before we, it actually comes out, uh, you know, just to get the cringes out of the way type of thing. But I hope you guys like it. It's just for more of an entertainment entertainment uh, factor. It's not really for relevance for, for what we're doing now, but I hope you guys enjoy it. I mean, it's something that I, you know, we, we, really were passionate when we started it and you know i i think you know the amateur nature of our of our uh, research really shows through on these things but yeah you know it was fun so i hope you guys enjoy it it's more of a novelty type thing for you guys but yeah it, it's just sitting on my hard on my hard drive and i figured yeah heck why not um this is episode it would, would episode number two i thought we did three but i could be mistaken and i think it was only two i'll have to do some i'll have to look there might have been three but i'm i think it might have only been two we'll find out so anyway yeah there will be a saturday show uh i just don't have a preview and uh so but just tune in saturday you, you'll see it um but given that are you guys enjoying saturday shows come on answer me honestly Okay, well, you know what? If you are enjoying them, I need you guys to write in. So write to me at nicolavalleybigfoot at gmail.com. I'd love to get your stories on the show. 
Uh, yeah, Nicola Valley Bigfoot at gmail.com. That's N I C O L A, Nicola Valley Bigfoot at gmail.com. I really, really would like to keep this two shows a week thing going. I- I'm really enjoying it, you know, despite the fact that I am working my ass off these days because, you know, there's a work shortage here or a, a worker shortage here. And I'm fairly certain that that's happening everywhere. And uh, picking up the slack is, has been uh, quite. Uh, uh, <laughs> tiresome. Let's, let's just put it that way, but uh, I'm doing it. And I, you know, the, the one guiding light that I have is I get to talk to people about their Sasquatch encounters and that must be you. So write in and, uh, let's get your, your, uh, story on the show. Uh, that, once again, that's Nicola Valley Bigfoot at gmail.com N I C O L A Nicola Valley Bigfoot at gmail.com. Oh boy. You know what? I've got some big things in the plan for the podcast coming up i mean there's going to be a lot more merchandise i've got a bunch of designs coming out a lot of the stuff that i've done myself and uh i'm going to be putting those up for sale soon but uh, just stay tuned for that because i will put links up as they become available and uh, i think you guys should like it i'm just i'm just kind of messing around with with design stuff and, and being creative you know as the kids get older there's a lot less things to do with <laughs> so i got some free time on my hands and i've made a few designs i hope you guys like it and uh, as they come out i will uh i will uh, show you guys and they'll be put up for sale so uh stay tuned for that uh but yeah okay let's get out of here but uh once again there is a show this saturday it, w- it was episode number two of our first attempt at podcasting there was no title to it i don't think i'll have to look but i don't think so but anyway tune in saturday and then next week we'll be back to our normal schedule so Until Saturday, guys, I'll talk to you later. Bye.